Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Today is 23 December, Sunday, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And on this day, 23 December, back in uh, World War II, 1944, I believe it was, something happened at the Battle of the Bulge. There was a guy named Brigadier General Anthony McAuliffe, and he was told by the Germans, you are surrounded, there is no way to escape, and you will be destroyed. And we give you two hours to surrender. Does anybody remember what he said, his response? Nuts. nuts. One word, he said nuts. And he saved that city. He was delivered by, I believe it was the Third Army of Patton, finally got them out of it. But uh, that's, that's American bravado there. We don't see that in the world anymore. But we just I, see nuts. Yeah, we just yeah. say, yeah, we see a lot of nuts nowadays. <laughs> There you go. Um, before we get into our first category, I have a couple things to say. First, it is the season where I, my wife and I would like to spend a little bit of time together. She, uh, I don't know how much time she's going to get off from work, but if you guys could hold off from sending any emails until about the 5th of January, I'd really appreciate that. It's uh, been a long year. It's been a very stressful and long month. It's been a, a lot of work. And then, of course, we had a giant storm come through this past week, which was actually worse than Irma. Irma was through in about three hours. There was a lot of damage, but this storm lasted over 45 hours, continuous rain and wind. And it, it's just been a long, stressful month. So um, if you can hold off on emails, I would be most appreciative. I would also say that we have a family here in the church, and I'm not going to put their picture up because they're camera shy, but we have a family that is visiting here from North Carolina. They drove all the way down here to spend Christmas with the church and to be baptized. And so I had the honor of baptizing all four of them yesterday, and it was a real, real honor. It was a treat. It was a pleasure. And I thank you so much for making this effort and coming down and sharing with us. So, uh, and yes, it was freezing cold out there. I, I will say that dad said, you know, this is North Carolina guy now. He said, I didn't know Florida was so cold. <laughs> and it was getting in that water. They only had to go one at a time. I had to stay in there for four people. And it was <laughs> skinny old me. I got no meat on these bones. You know, it was a, it was a brutal baptism. But uh, anyway, it was an honor. And uh, we'll be seeing you in the next couple days. And it made me think of something I've never said on an update before. I, it never just dawned on me is that we have hotels, one directly across the road on the island from our house, and we have another one which is just a couple houses down, about eight houses down. And I've never said that, but if somebody comes to Sarasota and they want a nice place to stay, they're motels and they're beautiful little bungalows and stuff, and I'd never been inside of one of them, and I went in yesterday, it's a beautiful little thing. Um, just so you know, that's available during the season, which means from January until about April, they're very expensive. They're very expensive. Unless you can just afford it, you might not want to consider that. But during the rest of the season, I mean, during the rest of the year, like right now, before we get into the tourist season, they're actually cheaper than the hotels that are on the mainland. And they're beautiful. They're right on the water. And so I just a little plug for people. If you want to come, let me know. I will send you that information. And it's a nice little place. And uh, like I said, I went down and we had burgers down there yesterday. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to divert here for a second. 
They called me and said the burgers are ready because I was working. And I walked out of the house and the wind was coming from the north. And literally, I walked out of the house and I smelled something that smelled so good. And as I was walking, I'm getting closer to this motel and it got stronger and stronger. And here's this little Thai lady cooking burgers with onions in them. It was those are the best burgers I've ever had. So anyway, I could smell them all. I was getting hungrier and hungrier. And I finally got there. I said, yes, that's the place. Uh, okay, so uh, let's see here. One more thing. Last week I said I talked about the altar that was built in Israel. And one of the things I said is that the article said that they made it out of bricks. They did not. And Sergio called a rabbi who was at this thing. And the guy said, that is not correct. The, the news story got it wrong. They made them out of stones, according to what the law of Moses would have said. I wanted to correct that because that's one thing they got right out of about 15. But I want to give them their uh, credit where credit is due. Having said that, our first category, as always, is Israel. Uh, from Reuters, before I get into Israel, because this affects Israel, our president said when he was campaigning for office, I want to be out of Syria. I want to get our troops out of Syria. He has gotten so much destructive language from the people of this nation over the past week when it was a promise that he made. Okay. Yeah. Secondly, he was, I, and I may read this article next week. I may not just because I'm going to talk about it for a second, but he was in a meeting. And of course, the, the news always gives you one side of something. He was in a meeting. He was talking to Erdogan of Turkey on the phone. And while they were talking, Erdogan says, I don't know why you're still there anymore. You want to be out of that country. And ISIS is 99% defeated. Yes. And here's what happened. Trump immediately, because Bolton was in the meeting, said right over to Bolton, is that true? And Bolton said, yes, that's true. And then, of course, being war hawks, they don't want to leave there because they get their money out of that, the, the uh, industry, everything else. And it's just like Afghanistan, the longest running war in American history. We've been in there for almost no reason at all now. It would have been a success if we didn't have our previous president, but now our president is taking 7,000 people out of there. I believe our president is doing the correct thing by taking us out of Syria. One, he said he was going to do it, and two, how do you prolong a war that no longer exists for the reason that you went into that war, which is to defeat ISIS? If they're 99% defeated, that means the rest of the people can take care of them. If I'm wrong on that, that's fine, but I support our president. I'm not going to talk about Syria anymore today. I just want you to know where I stand on that. I, I support our president 100% at this point. He has another two and a half years or two years to build the wall. He said he's going to do it. If it doesn't happen, don't vote for him in two years. But until that doesn't happen, let him do his job. All right? He's going to build that wall. And my thought was, I went immediately. First thing I heard when he said he was pulling us out of Syria, the first thing I did was went to the Internet and said, how much does the war in Syria cost? And it said, 2019 projection is $15.3 billion. And I said, guess what? If he doesn't get the funding through Congress, as the commander-in-chief, he has the right to declare it a national security. He can say, we now have $15.9 or $3 billion extra to build a wall and have the military do it. So one way or another, we are going to get things done with this president. So please give him room, give him latitude, and he will do the right thing. I'm certain of it. Okay? If he doesn't, hey, I'm wrong. I haven't lost anything, but I'm going to support him because what we had in the past doesn't compare to what we have now. He's kept every single promise. He's got one that I don't think is going to be kept, and that is defunding Planned Parenthood because it is too late. The Democrats have taken over the House. They handled the purse strings. He will get that in four years if necessary. But right now he's got other things to worry about, and so I'm going to support our president. Israel. Reuters. 
European Jews feel under threat. Think of emigrating, EU survey says. From the Times of Israel, Europe is finished, leading lawyer says as he leaves the United Kingdom for Israel. A top British lawyer and his partner immigrated to Israel this week, citing rising anti-Semitism in Europe. That was about two weeks ago. But, his law partner? Uh, yeah, I don't know. All it says is his partner, and I, when I see something like that, I always question, is it, you know, um, JTA. Israel must prepare for immigration of 200,000 French Jews, declares Israeli minister. You can see, even in modern times where all of these things should be behind us, they ain't. And the Jews are still being called home exactly as the Lord said. How he does it? He did it through Russian pogroms. He did it through the Holocaust. He's done it through anti-Semitism of importing Muslims who don't like Jews and the Jews don't want to be killed by these people. So they're moving to Israel. The Lord is fulfilling his word in our lifetime. We see that in Ezekiel 36. And what does he say there in verse 22? Anybody know what Ezekiel 36, 22 says? Yet not for your sake, O house of Israel, am I going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have blasphemed among the nations wherever you went. They're still not right with the Lord. If you want to know about that in detail, watch our sermon today. It's Micah 1, 5, 1 through 5. It's entitled, The One to Be Ruler in Israel. Yes, it's a Christmas sermon, but it deals almost solely with Israel. So I'd like you to watch that sermon, and you will understand what is going on in the world today and how it fits into the plan of prophecy. Okay, from uh, Ynet, France's yellow vest protests take an anti-Semitic turn. Of course it does. Blame the Jews. From Globes, Israel developing new laser missile defense system. As the missile threat grows in the north, the Ministry of Defense is speeding up development of the system, which a source says is on the verge of being ready. While the threat of precise rockets and missiles, the Ministry of Defense is accelerating and budgeting a plan to develop a new interception system using powerful lasers. The program, including procurement of future interception systems, is projected as several billion shekels. The Ministry of Defense does not disclose details about progress in the development program, which is being conducted in secret in cooperation with some of the defense industries. Defense industry sources said that clear progress had been made in recent years on problems previously regarded as major stumbling blocks in laser development, such as the ability to focus lasers rapidly and accurately on the threatening object. Among the principal obstacles that previously prevented making such a system operational were the need for enormous energy sources in order to operate them. Concern about environmental pollution by poisonous gases, mobility difficulties, deploying them according to operational needs, and lack of effectiveness in varying weather conditions. The coming rounds of fighting in the Gaza Strip, not to mention a state of war in the north, will feature far heavier barrages against the home front. We need something that is also effective in interception costs and will make the war economy more feasible. There's no comparison between the cost of interception with a missile. Do you, does anybody remember how much I said, I uh, read an article about three weeks ago, missiles to intercept another missile cost how much? $50,000 every time you send one up. And if they send a bunch of just small missiles, they don't know what's coming in. You're, you're wasting $50,000 with every single shot. Remember, there were 300 or so missiles shot in. They had to retaliate. If you have a laser weapon system, it will drastically reduce that cost. It says, which should be almost 
negligible. You build it one time, you zap them out of the sky, and it's a couple bucks maybe worth of uh, energy, and that's about it. It is believed that Hezbollah is capable of bombarding Israel with 1,500 rockets a day and missiles a day, some of them precise. 1,500 a day, multiply that times $50,000. You've got a lot of money that you've got to put into that. So we don't want that. From the Times of Israel, despite protests, Knesset confirms Netanyahu as permanent defense minister. You remember after the Gaza pullout or the uh, what the way the Gaza operation was handled, Lieberman stepped down from defense minister. Well, Netanyahu has taken over that. Now, this guy, if he got paid for everything he did, would be a billionaire. He's the prime minister. He's the defense minister. He's other things. Let's read the article. Knesset members voted to formalize the appointment of Netanyahu as permanent defense minister. The vote came a month after the prime minister appointed himself to the role, from which Avigdor Lieberman had resigned, citing Israel's policy towards Gaza. Despite criticism of him holding several key ministerial portfolios, Netanyahu asserted at the time that Israel was in the midst of a military campaign, which he claimed he was the only person capable of steering the country through. As well serving as prime minister, Netanyahu is also the foreign minister, the defense minister, the health minister, and the immigration and absorption minister. That guy's got a lot of fires going in the pan, I'll tell you what. Was that the right idiom, fires in the pan? Whatever. Anyway. From the Jerusalem, what's that? Pants in the fire. Thank you. Irons in the fire. Whatever. All right. I knew I was saying something wrong. Okay. Jerusalem Post. You're going to hear a lot of this type of article today all the way through the update. Listen, if Christmas offends you, if you're one of the people that says the Christians should not celebrate Christmas, and I agree, we don't put up trees at the house. We don't, you know, we're very quiet about it. But when people say, well, Jesus wasn't born on 25 December. And we'll talk about that during the sermon as well. Okay. But they'll say that. Do you know that the people that say things like that because they want to sound more pious, they don't celebrate Christmas, have the worst doctrine in the world in other areas? If you're going to have bad doctrine here and you're going to say, blame somebody for having a missed celebration date for his birth, that's a little bit hypocritical. Learn the Bible and understand what the significance of December 25th is. If you want to know it, go back and watch the um, Day of Acclamation Feast of the Lord sermon, which I did from the Leviticus 23 Feast of the Lord. You will know exactly what 25 December symbolizes. Jesus was not born on 25 December, but it does symbolize something else. Okay, so um, having said that, uproar in Ashdod as mayor attacks mall for Christmas tree display. This is from the Jerusalem Post. A shopping center in Ashdod displayed a fir tree commonly associated with Christmas in the center of the mall plaza, sparking the displeasure of city council member and current acting mayor Avi Amsalem. Amsalem claimed in a post on Facebook that there is no longer the subject of a disagreement between Haredi, which are the ultra-Orthodox people, and secular people. This is something intended to hurt anyone who identifies as Jewish. In a Christmas tree. He's offended over a Christmas tree. He says, in response, the company said that a large part of the community in Ashdod and of visitors to the mall are immigrants from the former Soviet Union, who, according to commonly held stereotypes, observe Christmas. Just acknowledge there's a bunch of people that observe the day there. How can it be offensive if they observe the day? Okay. Any word beyond that is unnecessary. 
The company said Big Fashion, which owns shopping centers all over Israel, said they have had Christmas trees on display in the past and have never received such a response. Everybody's offended by everything in this world today. What? After the ball drops, let's see how offended he is. Yeah, we'll see how offended he is after the ball drops. Um, Christian News. Before I read Christian News, I want to read you something that somebody sent me. This is a person that attends online, her husband and her, and... I don't have permission to do this, so I hope they don't send me a nasty gram. But it was such a beautiful... They sent me a card, right? And they uh, on the card is a poem that she wrote. And I thought it was so appropriate to the situation of the world today. I'm going to read... It's a very short poem. "'Twas the night before somebody's birthday, for sure. But we can't mention Jesus or God anymore. So we send out the cards and wrap presents with bows. But who is the birthday boy? Nobody knows. I know on my birthday I'd be so excited because I assumed I was always invited. Lord Jesus, forgive us. It's just not the same when we substitute X for your dear holy name. As for me and my house, we will serve you. It's true. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. And that's by Dennis. It might be the husband that wrote that. Yes, it's the husband, Dennis Portiel. Uh, good work. Yeah, very good job. Thank you very much for that. And... Uh, there you go. That's that. Christian nice news today. Yeah, absolutely. Got to keep an eye on him. That's right. Christian news today. Uh, Voice of Europe says traditional Christmas recital at Italian school canceled to not offend children with other beliefs. You know what that means. They're Muslim. The traditional Christmas recital was to happen in Terni in the center of Italy. But the headmaster has taken the decision to forbid it as to not offend pupils of different religions who are in the school. Can't offend anybody anymore. From ANSA, girl 10, this is also in Italy, gets Jesus into Christmas song. Ten-year-old girl launched a petition and managed to get Jesus' name put into a school's Christmas song after it was left out so as not to offend the sensibility of non-Catholic students. The incident happened on the Riviera del Brenta between Venice and Padua. So one got taken out, one got put in by a 10-year-old girl from CBS Local. Baby Jesus in cage as part of Deadham Church's immigration-themed nativity scene. It's an unconventional take on the nativity scene at St. Susanna's Parish in Dedham. The baby Jesus is in a cage. The wise men are closed off by a wall. You know where this is going, don't you? For the parish, the creche is meant to be thought-provoking. We try to take a picture of the world as it is and put it together with a Christmas message, said Pastor Friar Stefan Josoma. Friar Josoma insists that the scene is not a dig at the Trump administration policies. Instead of political activism, he calls it gospel activism. We talk about Matthew 25, feeding the hungry and welcoming the stranger. It's social gospel at its best. All right. Just so you know, some of these articles go back uh, as far as a month. I've been saving them for today. Okay. From Mail Online, psychology professor accuses God of being a sexual predator for impregnating the Virgin Mary without her consent. Yes. Associate professor Eric Sprankle made the critique via Twitter. He teaches psychology and sexual studies at Minnesota State. Can you imagine the the brain pan of this person? Accused Christian God of sexual misconduct for impregnating the Virgin Mary, said even though Mary agreed, her consent was negated by power differential. Hey, she said it. If she said no, the Lord would have relented, but he knew the character of the woman. Absolutely crazy theology here. It's not even theology. It's just stupidity. From KPTV. 
Washington City removes nativity scene from public park following complaints. A nativity scene displayed at a public park in Woodland was moved to a private property after a handful of complaints. The Public Works Department helped move the set from Horseshoe Lake Park to a privately owned vacant lot at the corner of some street and some street. City leaders told Fox 12 they didn't want to move the manger, but the decision after seeking guidance from the city attorney who advised that keeping it on public property was a violation of federal and state laws. How stupid. All right, Mail Online. Horrifying moment. Worshipper 20 struggles to stay afloat before drowning while being baptized by a pastor in a river in Ghana. Yes. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up has to do with Christmas. I'll tell you that right now. Yaakramich, or Karim, I can't pronounce this. It's an African name. I can't pronounce it. Anyway, uh, the guy's 20 was being baptized by a young pastor in Ghana's Densu River. Video shows Yaw getting into the water next to the pastor before being submerged. He then floats backward into a deeper part of the river before going under again. Worshippers can be seen running to help him, but he never came back out. Now, I baptized four people yesterday, right? I'm glad that that did not happen. And we had some really big waves out there, didn't we? As a matter of fact, I think it was you. Maybe it was you. One of you two got baptized by God because the wave did the job. I mean, it was, it was all the Lord. I t- oh, it was you. Okay. Anyway, it was, it was very, very, and it was cold too. So that was a, anyway. Um, so we have um, second article and then I will get to my point. Mail online. How far would you go to live forever? Cell injections, magnetic chairs, and brain implants are among Silicon Valley's ideas for immorality. immortality. Now, yeah, immorality, for immortality. Okay, now I included this in the Christian section because there is a way to have immortality. Since the 22nd century BC, at least humans have grappled with immortality. The 21st century metamorphosis of the anti-aging industry has begun. Yet still, we have been unable to combat deterioration that comes with age. James Horton and Nicholas Priest from the University of Bath look at whether Silicon Valley's quest for immortality is worth worrying sacrifices. So here's my thought on this. They want to live forever, and they're trying every possible thing in order to do that. I read another article just today, or it was yesterday, but I, I read it again today because somebody sent it to me, is that um, people are taking blood from young children and having it put into their bodies, hoping that that will make them younger. So we're trying everything in the world to become immortal, right? There is a guy that was in Ghana, was it? Is that what I said? He was in Ghana, the Densu River of Ghana. He had accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord. He was baptized and he died, and yet he lives. The way that you attain immortality is not through any potion. It's not through taking care of yourself, not eating pork, or any other thing that you can think of. That ain't going to help. You're going to die eventually unless the Lord comes first. There's one way to live forever, and that is by calling on Jesus Christ that is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul gives you the gospel in verses 1 through 5, or 1 through 4, right in that area. He tells you that Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was raised and etc. He says those things. He died, he was buried, he was raised, okay? The way that you appropriate that is in Romans 10, 9 and 10. And that is it. Let me read it to you. I'll take you there very quickly. I want you to understand, and don't listen to legalist people that say you need to do this and that and one thing or another. It's very clear what you need to do. 
You believe the gospel, which is in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 5. Just go read that. And then it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That is it. That is all that is required for you to be saved and to live forever in the presence of God. And it says in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, that the moment you believe, the moment that you believe, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. It is a deposit. It is a guarantee, according to Paul. It cannot be taken away. If it is taken away, that means a couple things. One, it's not a very good guarantee. Two, God made a mistake. And three, it's up to you to be saved not up to God. Because if you can lose your salvation at any time after being saved, then it was never grace by faith. It is always, always by grace through faith and has nothing to do with you. Believe in Jesus, give your life to Christ, and you will be saved forever. So works are a folly for both salvation and immortality. That's right. Works are a folly for both. That's exactly right. Okay, so we've got that done. We'll go on to Islam today. Wait a minute. There was one more thing I wanted to read. No, that's coming. Islam today from the voice of Europe. Czech politicians want to ban Islam completely as it colonizes society. Good job. Political leaders in the Czech Republic have previously condemned Islam in strong terms. We've talked about that. Now, politicians in the Czech parliament are discussing the complete ban of the religion. If someone calls for the killing of infidels and Jews, then it is not a religion of peace. Let's get that right. Okay, hello. He and his party, Freedom and Direct Democracy, which is one of the larger in Parliament, believe Islam is not just a religion, but also a violent ideology that should be banned. We have suggested that all ideologies that promote hatred and violence should be banned. One of the ideologies is Islam. And then we have fascism and Nazism, he says. He points out that Muslims neither want nor will integrate into non-Muslim societies. We do not want more Muslims in the Czech Republic. The social democratic then Prime Minister Sobotka noted in an interview last year. Even Czech President Milos Zaman, who I reported on just a few weeks ago, who is also a social democrat, has strongly condemned the Middle Eastern religion. Among other things, he has said that Islam simply does not belong in Europe. In connection with the asylum chaos in 2015, Zaman noted during an Islam critical demonstration that Muslim migrants who then made it to Europe came from a culture of murderers and religious hatred. Man, that's the Czech Republic for you. They're making a stand. From CNN, U.S. military sends $331 million bill to the Saudis, to the UAE, after refueling accounting error. We've been refueling their planes in the UAE and Saudi Arabia for eons, and we've been giving them free fuel and free time because somebody made an accounting error and we're sending them a bill for $331 million. United States military is seeking that reimbursement from Saudi Arabia and the UAE after discovering it failed to properly charge the Saudi-led coalition fighting in Yemen for aerial refueling services due to an accounting error. While the U.S. decided last month that it would no longer refuel Saudi aircraft conducting strike missions over Yemen, the Pentagon still expects to be compensated for the outstanding costs accrued between March 2015 and November of this year. Specifically, the U.S. is working to recoup approximately $36.8 million for fuel and $294.3 million for flight hours. I hope we get that. That'll buy us some burgers in the U.S. All right. I got somebody right here that can cook them, too. All right. From uh, IOL, 
Libya's Grand Mufti demands lawsuit over promotion of gender equality. Yes, listen to this. Libya's Grand Mufti. Hey, this is him saying this. This isn't me. This isn't anybody. This is him saying this, and he's demanding this, which means this is an Islamic policy. The Libs think that they've got the Muslims all figured out. They don't. They don't. Here it goes. Libya's Grand Mufti Sadiq al-Gharani, I guess, has called for a lawsuit against the British embassy in Tripoli in the wake of the embassy's promotion of gender equality. The embassy is under attack from al-Gharani for allegedly sponsoring activities that violate Libya's sacred norms and for motivating anti-religion and sedition activities. Islam is a religion of justice, equity, but not absolute equity. Those who call for equality between man and woman are accusing Islamic Sharia of injustice. They're right out of his own mouth. He said it. From RNS, liberal Christian church debuts Christmas play telling story of Jesus' birth from Muslim point of view. This is a supposed church in America giving the Muslim Christmas story. The scene is familiar from many nativity scenes arranged at this time of year. The Virgin Mary cradling the newborn Jesus. Then the baby speaks, defending his mother's innocence and declaring he has been appointed as a prophet. That might come as a surprise to Christians in the audience of the play, Christmas Mubarak. The play, an original production from the Chicago theater company, Silk Road Rising, sets the story of the births and lives of both Mary and Jesus from the Quran and Muslim traditions alongside the Christmas music of Christian traditions in hopes it will illustrate how much the two religions have in common with an ensemble cast of four playing all the characters and adding scholarly asides where Muslim traditions interpret stories differently. The show is in its own words, the story of a love affair between Islam and Jesus who is viewed as a prophet by Muslims. This is a love letter to the Muslims we know and who come that they're going to feel like they're incorporated into the Christmas holiday. Get that later. From Mongolia today. Samaritan's Purse. You know, people are always, I I get so tired of Christians belittling people like Billy Graham and his son Franklin Graham when they sit at home and do nothing for the cause of Jesus Christ except whine and moan. So I thought I'd include this for the Christmas uh, update. Samaritan's Purse, Franklin Graham visits Mongolia to hear compelling stories from Children's Heart Project. Over 400 children from right here in Mongolia have received life-saving surgery. We couldn't do it without the support of many people and their prayers and gifts that make this happen, Graham said. So he's got 400 children that they've given surgery to while these whining Christians that want to just poke at everybody that does something because they're holier than everybody else sit and do nothing. We've seen children and their parents come to faith in Jesus Christ. We've seen churches planted all because of a simple act of love, caring for these children and bringing them to where they can be treated. I've made the decision, this is one of the people, to receive Jesus as my Savior on the day my daughter had surgery. I can't pronounce his name, she explained. I have never heard the gospel prior to joining Children's Heart Project. Although this girl does not know any other Christians in a remote province, she is committed to drawing near to her Savior. I read the Bible every day in order to grow in my relationship with God. As I read, God speaks to me, she said. I feel peace that God is always dealing with me. And there are other testimonies on that article if you want to read it. It's wonderful. This guy is leading people to Christ all over the planet, not just in Mongolia. He's doing things that other people would only dream of being able to do for Christ. And all he gets is belittled by legalistic Christians. Makes me sick. Daniel 12 Technology. 
NDTV, cesarean deliveries to be performed by robots soon. Any of you ladies want to have a cesarean delivery? It's going to be done by a robot. Robotics are expected to become so sophisticated, hospitals may not need surgeons. Controlled by healthcare assistants, the machines will soon be delivering babies by carrying out C-sections as well as other surgeries, say experts. The robots controlled by healthcare assistants, such as technicians, are expected to conduct vaginal surgeries and operations on the bowel, heart, and lungs. This will help advance diagnoses of illnesses like cancer before they destroy organs. And as a result, operations will be smaller in scale and less traumatic. Even healthcare assistants could one day be trained to perform C-sections with robots. So you don't even need a doctor, you just use a nurse. Specialists and surgeons will remain in charge of operations, but may not always be needed in those rooms. Imagine that. You want to do that? My wife is shaking, no, I don't want to do that. All right, let's see here. This is your typical Christmas shopper. I thought I'd include this under the uh, Daniel 12 technology today. This is your typical Christmas shopper. Parrot, this is from Fox News. Parrot used Amazon Alexa to order items while his owner was away. Yes. A parrot has fallen in love with his owner's Amazon Alexa, but keeps using it to keep order shopping. So far, Rocco the African Grey from Didcot, Oxfordshire, UK, has demanded treats such as strawberries, watermelon, raisins, broccoli, and ice cream. He's also ordered a kite, light bulbs, and even a kettle. Rocco likes to dance, too, and tells the voice-activated device to play favorite tunes. Sometimes they are slow numbers, but generally he prefers rock. So if you've got a bird, it's going to be ordering on Amazon Alexa for you. Revelation Plagues. From Bloomberg, this killer opioid could become a weapon of mass destruction. Fentanyl is 50 times more potent than heroin, with which it is often mixed. In its strongest form, called carfentanil, it is used legally as an elephant tranquilizer. Law enforcement officers and first responders have been warned to handle fentanyl with extreme caution. Some have fallen seriously ill after getting it on their skin or clothing. The fatal potential of even glancing contact with fentanyl is a major reason why national security experts are becoming alarmed at the prospect of it being used to sow terror. The drug is a significant threat to national security. It is a weapon of mass destruction. If ground up, fentanyl is placed on everyday objects. People could easily put their fingers into their mouths or rub their eyes and have a deadly reaction. Containing a fentanyl attack would be difficult for police and emergency medical officials. Overdoses of the drug are hard to reverse with existing formulations of antidotes such as the Narcon nasal spray. So just think, this is all over the place. They've got this all over the country, and somebody decides, I just want to kill a bunch of people. There you go. Morality today. From KZZM, Michigan Public School asked to remove wise men and star. The Nuego Public School District could face legal action if three wise men and a star aren't removed from one of the district's buildings. The Michigan Association of Civil Rights Activities believes the display violates the U.S. Constitution. It clearly conveys the message of the Christian nativity. The school's district attorney is working with school leaders to formulate an appropriate response. From the Washington Examiner, satanic statue displayed at Illinois Capitol building alongside nativity scene, menorah. Yep, snaketivity, gifted by the Chicago branch of the satanic temple, stands in the Illinois Capitol Rotunda this month alongside a nativity scene and a menorah. 
The so-called snaketivity is a statue of an arm holding an apple in its hand and a snake wrapped around the arm. The sign on the piece reads, Knowledge is the greatest gift. I would dispute that. A spokesman for Illinois' Secretary of State told the State Journal Record that the Satanic Temple is recognized as a religious organization and awarded the same freedoms and rights. Under the Constitution, the First Amendment, people have a right to express their feelings, their thoughts. The Satanic Temple started a GoFundMe campaign to raise money for the display where it said the mission was to bring Satan to Springfield. The Satanic Temple, Chicago, will no longer allow one religious perspective to dominate the discourse in the Illinois State Capitol Rotunda during the holiday season, says the GoFundMe page, which reached its goal of $1,500 for snaketivity. Yeah, mail online. A principal is placed on leave after issuing a memo to teachers banning Christmas decorations in classrooms, including candy canes, because they are shaped like J for Jesus. I'm glad they banned her. Jennifer Sinclair sent a memo to teachers at Manchester Elementary School. She said generic decorations like Olaf from the movie Frozen were acceptable, but Christmas-related items like Elf on the Shelf, Reindeer, and Santa were not. Sinclair was placed on administrative leave by the school district in Nebraska. Good job. From the Sun, gingerbread men replaced by gingerbread persons in Scottish Parliament coffee shop in drive to stamp out sexism. This is the Scottish Parliament's coffee shop. You can no longer have gingerbread men. Our other news today, let's see here. You know, I want to thank somebody that attends online. His name is Sean. He lives out in California. I won't say any more than that of him, but he did a picture of me. He painted, oh, you saw that he did a painting of me, a hand-drawn picture, and it was me. If I, ha- if I can remember, I'll put it on the update. It was me with the long beard and my glasses, and they had a picture of Santa, and it said, who is imitating who or something like I can't remember what, but it was very cute. And um, anyway, uh, one, I could never be because I'm way too skinny. But secondly, some people didn't like that. They found it offensive. Yes, go down and read the comments, and they said, you know, you shouldn't. Listen, my, my response to them was, what if he had put Bigfoot next to me? Nobody would complain. Everybody knows that Santa Claus is not real. And if you don't, you're stupid. Okay? Yeah, they're both fictional. Right? If he had put Bigfoot there and put me next to it, everybody would have said, how funny. And nobody would have said anything. But you put Santa Claus there as a joke and people go ballistic. So my thought is, thank you, Sean. That was very nice. It was one of the most commented on posts I think I've ever made. The most common comment. That's right. We've never seen them in the same room together. Oh, that's right. Never seen me in the same room together. Well, I guarantee you, when you see me, you will always see this and not shoes. All right? So you know that I ain't Santa, okay? All right. From, uh, let's see here, The Blaze. From The Blaze. My wife is laughing over there. She can't believe, she's horrified by her husband. Little Japanese person. You know what? I'm going to tell you something about Japan. This is how serious they are about shoes in Japan. I was watching a movie one time with my wife in Japan. And this is a true story. This is absolutely true. It was a suspense movie like, you know, a Schwarzenegger or a a Clint Eastwood movie where there's no fooling around. It was high suspense, okay? There is a guy being chased by the cops. This is how ingrained it is in their head. He gets to a door and he opens it in an apartment complex. He took off his shoes before he went into these people's house and then jumped out the window. The cops are chasing him. They're pulling off their shoes as they get to go through this lady's apartment. That is how serious they are. So my wife's over there thoroughly appalled at her husband. And now you know why. Okay. 
from uh, The Blaze, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, called seriously problematic for bullying, racism, and homophobia. Yeah, the beloved Christmas movie, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, has been called out as seriously problematic for its displays of bullying, racism, homophobia, not to mention verbal abuse, sexism, bigotry, lack of acceptance, and even exploitation of workers. That's what a video, courtesy of the Huffington Post, declared a couple weeks ago, even calling the protagonist Rudolph the Marginalized Reindeer in its opening montage. For some reason, the video leaves out the other part of the movie where characters come to realize the error of their ways, at least in the lack of acceptance department, and Rudolph emerges as the hero. CBS. Cleveland radio station stops playing Baby It's Cold Outside after Snowflake's voice concerns about lyrics in Me Too era. Radio host Glenn Anderson wrote out the station's decision to stop playing the song. We used to play the song Baby It's Cold Outside, but the Christmas executive officer at Star 102, and you're told it's no longer appropriate. Written in 1944, back when people were really bad, right? The song rose to popularity in the 1949 film Neptune's Daughter. It was sung between Esther Williams and Ricardo Montalbán's characters, and then by Betty Garrett and Red Skeleton, who reversed the roles. So there you go. From Zero Hedge, a nation of snowflakes, Christmas has become another trigger word. This Christmas season finds us rather bewildered human race. We have neither peace within nor peace without. Everywhere, paralyzing fears harrow people by day and haunt them by night. Our world is sick with war. Everywhere we turn, we see its ominous possibilities. And yet, my friends, the Christmas hope for peace and goodwill toward all men can no longer be dismissed as a kind of pious dream of some utopian. We don't have goodwill toward men in this world. We will destroy ourselves by the misuse of our instruments and our power. That's from a sermon, Christmas Sermon on Peace by Martin Luther King Jr. To a nation of snowflakes, Christmas has become yet another trigger word. The latest Christmas casualties in the campaign to create one large national safe space and none other than the beloved animated classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, denounced for promoting bullying and homophobia, which first aired on television on December 6, 1964, and the Oscar-winning tomb Baby It's Cold Outside, accused of being a date-rape anthem, crooned by everyone from Dean Martin to Will Ferrell and Zooey Deschanel in the movie Elf, Also on the endangered species Christmas list are songs such as Deck the Halls. It supposedly promotes gay apparel. Santa Baby. Yes. Santa Baby has been denounced for slut shaming. And White Christmas, which is perceived as racist. Yes. One publishing company even reissued their own redacted version of Clement Clark Moore's famous poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, in order to be more health conscious. The company edited out Moore's mention of Santa smoking a pipe. And it says there, the stump of a pipe he held in his teeth and the smoke had encircled his head like a wreath. Right? Do you hear what I hear? That's offensive to schizophrenics. Yes. No, somebody sent that to me on a meme and I just used it. From CBS Survey. Almost 30% think Santa Claus should be female or gender neutral. Yes. For a long time, Santa Claus has been portrayed as an older man with a hefty build and big white beard, but a 
Well, I got the beard. Anyway, but a a new poll finds that some feel that Santa should be rebranded as a woman or gender neutral. After years of this image, Graphics Springs, a logo designer company, surveyed hundreds to rebrand Santa and give him a more modern image. The survey polled approximately 400 people from the U.S. and the U.K. Then 4,000 people voted on the most popular version of the Santa they designed from the survey, Modern Santa. He has tattoos, a stylishly trimmed beard, skinny jeans, sneakers, and a hoverboard. He's tech savvy and looks like he could easily fit in GQ magazine. A new survey found that over 27% of people asked would rebrand Santa Claus as a woman or gender neutral. There so, were people waiting in line in Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know what? I, I will say this. No, I don't believe in Santa. I don't do anything with Santa. It's not my thing, okay? But the point is the morality in this, this world is going down where we can't have things, even if you're secular, you believe in Santa Claus. and You, you know, it's just the point is being made. I'm not trying to give this as a prophecy update about Santa Claus. I'm giving it about the state of the world in which we live. As long as you understand that, you know why I'm doing this. Okay, from News Wars, church choirs are performing Christmas carols with lyrics rewritten by climate change activists. I'm not kidding. You want to know how you know I'm not kidding? It's because our visitors that came down and got baptized yesterday, the first thing he did was pull out. He said, I printed these off for you. He printed off the songs that they are singing in churches. I'll read you just a couple. Silent Night, Smoky Night. Silent Night, Smoky Night, cold-fired power, cold-fired light. Governments have failed us now. Politicians, they don't know how. Still coal exports go on. Still coal exports go on. This is being sung in a church. Here's another one. O come, O come, renewables. O come, O come, renewables, and take the lead to oust old fossil fuels. Your time has come to regenerate power, and you won't need a single smoky tower. Rejoice, rejoice, renewables will make our electricity. Now, imagine this. This is people in churches singing. This is like blasphemy. Here's another one. Away in the Arctic. Away in the Arctic. The glaciers melt. The ice turns to water. The warming is felt by bears on their ice flows, drifting off where they're blown, disconnected from food stocks. Poor bears all alone. How stupid. The state of the church in the world today is absolutely gone crazy. All right. From the Free Beacon. Pelosi corrects herself. She says holiday present after first saying Christmas present. She stopped oh. and she freaked out. She, I, I, I mean holiday present. Oh, no. Mail online. Bah humbug. Trump cancels the traditional White House Christmas party for the press after a year of fake news accusations and bitter legal battle with CNN after banning Jim Acosta. Good job, President Trump. I have a lessric for you here. It's kind of a general lessric covering the subject. Looks like Rudolph the Red is pure blue. Since his story, the flakes misconstrue. They're not jolly at all. Think that holly should fall, lest the Christ of the Christmas we view. Good job, Les. Or his wife. I don't know. I just picked one of the two. All right. Our irony of the week, and we'll be done. From Mail Online. Prime suspect. Prime Get the pun here. Amazon delivery driver is caught stealing packages from home he delivered to. Yes, Merry Christmas to you from Amazon. And then from Mail Online, Illinois boy 11 gets his tongue stuck to a frozen metal pole after watching the infamous scene in A Christmas Story. Ah, And he did it. Yes, such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word. Merry Christmas to you.